0: Hi, and welcome to the White Hill podcast series. Uh, my name is Roger. I'm one of the pastors here at White Hill, and we're glad that you've uh, chosen to listen to one of the podcast messages today. Our prayer is that you would be challenged and inspired to take the next steps in your journey with God as you listen to this message. Uh, if you want to keep in touch with more things that are happening at White Hill, head to our website at whitehill.church. And you can have subscribed to our YouTube channel. Enjoy this message now. Now, if you've got your Bibles with you this morning, John chapter 20, we're going to be reading from verses 24 to 29 before Francois comes to share with us uh, for the first time. Uh, so let's have a read. John chapter 20 and verse 24, and it'll be on the screens if you don't have your Bible with you. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed.
1: Well, good morning. Let's try that again. Good morning. It is great to be with you today. It's great to have some special friends here today that I'll also be jumping in a bit later, but a massive privilege for, for me to be sharing the word today because it's our three-month anniversary in Australia today, yeah. which, is, which is awesome. Um, we stuck out with you guys for three months, so I think there's, there's potential. Um, but yeah, I think it's quite fitting for me just to be sharing the word today thinking of our own faith journey and in, in getting here to Australia and in the end, ending up at White Hill, but I'm gonna need your help because my South African English expires at 11 o'clock, so <laughs> bear with me. Um, was there ever a time that you for a second or two maybe wondered about God? I don't wanna say doubt, but maybe a little bit of doubt. Let's stick to the word wonder maybe, But Has there ever been a time where you've really wondered, is God hearing me in these challenges that I'm facing? Is God gonna provide or is God gonna take care of me? And as we dive into today's word, it's really my prayer that God will stir up a new perspective when it comes to your faith and that God will inspire you and encourage you to a deeper faith. Because all these questions sometimes come up and it's a, It's a good thing to have questions because it causes us to revisit our faith perspectives. This past weekend we celebrated Easter, which was a sad one for us because we were in isolation. um, But we were grateful enough to be online and we celebrated together with you guys the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we see how the story unfolds on the first day of the week when Mary went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she ran back to and she told Peter and John Jesus is not in the tomb the tomb is open and we see how Peter and John also go to the tomb and also find it empty and the disciples then heading back home and Mary staying outside and Jesus appearing to her saying Mary do not hold on to me we read this in John 20:17 which says Jesus says to her go instead and tell my brothers I am returning to my father and your father to my God and your God. We see this beautiful story of Mary then running back to, with this news that she had just received, running back to the disciples to share what Jesus had just said to her. And in verse 19, that evening we read on the first day of the week, the disciples were together and Jesus came and he stood amongst them and said, peace be with you. It's great to, like I mentioned, have our friends all the way from South Africa. Uh, They moved out a week earlier, well before us, and they're down in Moree, and um, I just remember, (sighs) it's great to have them part of my sermon illustration this morning, because um, obviously coming over from South Africa, we had a lot of things to buy, but on our bucket list was definitely a barbecue. So (laughs) I went to Bunnings, and I found this amazing special on a barbecue. And I just remember phoning up Renir all the way in Moree and telling him about this massive barbecue that I just bought and how he missed out. And I explained to him how he missed out on this amazing special because in Moree they don't, they don't even have a Bunnings. So I could just imagine thinking back now how Renir must have felt thinking this is too good to be true wishing that he could've just been there to witness and explore the special that I experienced, but me just, you know, giving over the news that Reneer, I bought a barbecue and you should've been there. (laughs) And I can just imagine, and obviously we've had some good barbecues, in the meantime, Reneer's got his barbecue, he ordered it online and um, it's delivered. So, but just imagine the feelings that Thomas might've felt. The disciples coming and saying, "We've seen Jesus. He was next to us," and sort of similar to me explaining about with excitement about my barbecue. I can just imagine the disciples going on about how awesome this was, and I, we see how Thomas reacts to this. And in the end, he reaches a point of suspicion. In John 20:25, 20, the disciples comes to him and says, "We have seen the Lord." But Thomas says to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hands in his side, I will not believe. I think that was sort of some, something similar that, that Renee said when I told him how, how cheap this barbecue actually was. He was like, that's too good to be true. And we see how Thomas says, you know, guys, this is a great story, but unless I see the nail marks, unless I put my fingers where the nails were, unless I put my hand in his side, I will not believe. He reaches this point of skepticism, of of weariness, and he concludes that what he is currently hearing is not the truth because he hasn't seen it with his own eyes. And he ends up getting the name and earning the name of doubting Thomas because of this. We see that Thomas is no man different from us. He is a man for whom faith sometimes in our lives becomes a reality when we see concrete evidence. And to Thomas, it was something of he needed evidence of the resurrection before he believed. I mean, here was Mary. She experienced Jesus at the tomb when he was speaking to her. Here were the disciples. They experienced Jesus amongst them and excited. Jesus standing there saying, peace be with you. But here's Thomas. He did not experience Jesus at the empty tomb. He did not experience Jesus in the room. In his specific situation, he questions the other disciples about Jesus. And even doubts what Jesus told them in in Mark 9.31. Jesus comes and he speaks to the disciples and he says, the Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men and they will kill him and he will rise after three days. And he, in a way, doubts Jesus' words to him because he was there when those words were spoken. And Thomas's story becomes a bit of a template for us. 2,000 years later, we read this story of Jesus from a distance. We hear the report. We read John's gospel. And we are also challenged to believe in someone that we have not seen. Some still struggle and are stuck in their faith because of this. They're stuck in their faith journey because they simply need concrete evidence. They want, underst- they want to understand before they believe. And the good news is that God goes the extra mile for those who doubt. Jesus heard Thomas's challenge in chapter 20, verse 25. And if we read in John 20, 26, a week later, his disciples were in the house again, And Thomas was there, he was in, he could, I mean, he was at Bunnings. Thomas was there. It's just interesting to read how a week went past. I mean, we were in isolation for a week and seven days can be a long time. But imagine walking around for seven days thinking, I mean, you've got, Jesus is dead. The last time you saw him, he was crucified and he was buried That was the last time, and now there's some new information that comes up about Jesus being alive and people that's seen him. It must have been a really difficult week for Thomas to walk around for seven days with new information and with the reality that he saw that Jesus was dead. And in verse 27, we read, "Then then Jesus said to Thomas, so Jesus appears again a week later to all of the disciples and Thomas also being there. And Jesus says to him, Put your finger here and see my hands and reach out your hand and put it in my side and stop doubting and believe. Jesus meets Thomas in his doubt. Jesus provides the evidence Thomas demanded and he appears to Thomas. And it's just beautiful the way that Jesus, it's the statement, stop doubting and believe. And this exhortation of stop doubting and believe has a fine rhythm in the Greek which says, Do not become unbelieving, which is the Greek word epistos, but become believing. Thomas is being challenged to build his faith on, on something different. Jesus wants Thomas to see faith from a different perspective. Jesus changes the definition of faith in that moment. You see, our definition can easily become one of seeing is believing where Jesus challenges Thomas and says, Thomas, believe, then you will see. The climax of this passage comes in chapter, well, verse 29. The first half of this verse is is a statement. It's not a question. In verse 29, Jesus told told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. And he ends off with this saying, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus, it's interesting the way that Jesus approaches Thomas with this because my first reaction would have been something of, yeah, Thomas, are you happy now? You've got your evidence? Is this good enough now? But we see how Jesus reacts. He says, Thomas, here I am. Jesus didn't say to him, have you seen me, you're seeing me now, is this good enough for you to believe? But Jesus simply cites the fact that because you have seen me, you now believe. But in this, we see that Thomas's faith was anchored in his sight. And although Thomas saw Jesus, Thomas wasn't really at the ideal place in his faith journey and in his faith perspective. Sometimes we might also be at this place in our faith journey. We also want some concrete evidence sometimes when we need to believe something. Sometimes God's word sounds too good to be true to us. And we are human. and God understands that. Sometimes things get overwhelming, life gets challenging, and then we hope for a sign so that we can just believe. We hope to see something that will just encourage our belief. But that, like we saw in the case of Thomas, is not the best place to be. It is sometimes the human place to be because we're all human, but it's not the ideal place because we can very easily make the same mistake that we see in the Old Testament that a figure by the name, a man by the name of Gideon. Made Gideon in Judges 6. We read the story of how the Israelites were constantly attacked by the Midianites, and the, an angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon because God wanted to free the Israelites. And we read in Judges 6:12 when the angel appeared, he said to Gideon, "The Lord is with you, mighty warrior." And Gideon replied, "But what? But if the Lord is with us, like." Why is all this happening? Why all the struggle? Did the Lord not bring us out of Egypt? Then the Lord commanded him, listen, Gideon, I'm here with you. Go in strength and rescue Israel. I'm sending you. And Gideon reaches a place again where he questions the Lord. He questions the fact of his own ability, saying, but how am I gonna do that, Lord? How am I gonna save the Israelites? And again, the Lord assures him, in verse 16, and in verse 17, we see how Gideon actually reaches a, a space where he requests a sign from, from God, saying, God, but if this is really true, if this is really what you want me to do, give me a sign. And we see how God actually gave him a sign, even in his doubt, but this is the danger of maybe sometimes wanting to see before believing, because Gideon's story actually ends so tragically. In the end, we see in Judges 8.27 how Gideon lost his faith in God and he made an idol, his own little God that he could see because his spiritual journey was anchored in sight. His spiritual faith journey was anchored in sight. It was anchored in seeing his believing. If I can just have another sign, then I will believe. And we need to guard ourselves against that approach in our journey with God And let's be open to the same experience that Thomas experienced. Because Thomas was found in his doubt. But other than Gideon, he was moved to a place of believing is seeing. Thomas started off with a seeing is believing attitude and perspective on his faith. But he shifted and he took the the invitation from Jesus and moved to a place of believing and seeing. And tradition teaches us that Thomas actually went to India to spread the gospel and died a martyr. Faith some, became something different to Thomas. And because of Thomas's encounter with Jesus, Jesus showed him there's a better way to think about your faith. There's a better way. In John 20, 29, when Jesus said to him, because you have seen me, you have believed, but blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe." Remember, we are all blessed when we believe in Jesus. Being blessed does not simply mean we've got a lot of material things and, um, because sometimes it's easy to connect that to blessedness, but in the end, we are forgiven, we are accepted, we are adopted, and sometimes the blessings received by Christ are only partially understood, and this might have an impact on our faith perspective. Jesus says, if you truly wanna receive what I have in store for you, let your faith be based on believing and not seeing. Jesus met Thomas in his doubt and unbelief, and we thank God for his grace in this, because sometimes we all also find ourselves in those spaces and areas where we doubt and wonder and thank God for the grace, thank God for, for him reaching or meeting us at these low points of our lives when we first wanna see before we believe. But just as, Tom, as with Thomas, Jesus doesn't wanna leave us in that space. He wants to move us because Jesus' way of faith is believing and then seeing. We see in these two, Verses two different approaches to faith. One is based on sight and one is based on believing. In John 20, verse 30 and 31, concludes this this chapter. John writes that Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written that you may believe in Jesus, that Jesus is the Messiah the Son of God. And this is is the highlight of it. And that by believing, you may have life in His name. You see, God's grace and love will meet us at our low points in life sometimes, and all the time, actually, where our doubt and our wonders creep in. But God wants to bring us to a new faith, a faith that's not only bringing us to a place of believing, but a place of continual Believing. He wants to bring us, you know, at a place where we can experience, even though things around us don't necessarily look the ideal, we can look to God and look to Jesus, knowing that we can believe because our sight is on Jesus. Jesus had us in mind when this was written, and now we find ourselves reading this gospel. We didn't have Thomas's experience of seeing and experiencing Jesus, and seeing his wounds. And there can be no more remarkable privilege than than having experienced that. But John has provided us with a record of signs in his gospel that serves in a similar capacity for us to know that we can believe. And faith helps us to live with a vision and to live with a hope for the future. And things might be difficult when we look around us, and I mean, with Roger just praying about what's going on in the world, it's tough sometimes to build our faith on what's going on around us. And Jesus encourages us and invites us to reach a place where, where our faith is not built and based and anchored on sight but on a person. 2 Corinthians 5:6 says, therefore we can always be confident Paul comes and he writes this, he says, for we live by faith and not sight. We look differently at faith. And C.H. Dodd said the following, he says, now that he is no longer visible to us, to the bodily eye, faith remains the capacity for us to see his glory. In the Greek, it's interesting how John speaks about faith. When he speaks about faith, he always uses the verb to believe, it's never the noun of faith. You see, faith is an action thing, it's a do thing. We practice our faith, we live out our faith. Faith is, however, not just something that we believe in, but it's a place that we put our faith. It's a person, it's a someone, it's Jesus. When we come with our faith and we anchor it inside, it actually just causes a lot more doubt and wondering. But when we reach this place where we anchor our faith in Jesus, in a person, faith becomes a matter of living out a relationship rather than just confessing some things. It means accepting that a message is true and trustworthy and then acting on it. And this weekend when we celebrated Easter, we were just again reminded of the fact that Jesus died and he rose again and that's great but there's a next step that needs to take place in our lives it's it's acting on that and hebrews 11:1 is such a beautiful illustration of this faith in action which says now faith is confidence in what we hope for and an assurance of what we do not see and then faith becomes an action And it's our invitation, God, and Jesus extends this invitation to us saying, anchor your faith in me. Don't anchor your faith in what's going on around you. Anchor your faith in me and let your faith turn into action. Let's live out our faith because that leads to the blessed life that Jesus has in store for us. In my own life, we had to learn in the last year to trust in God. For me and Angelique, we were convinced that God's plan was for us to come to White Hill. Our journey to White Hill, and I don't wanna get emotional because it's, I'm not crying, you're crying. <laughs> our journey to White Hill was where we were challenged to redefine our faith. We were challenged to redefine our perspective because one thing we had to remember is that faith is a journey. And I wanna encourage you today, faith is a journey. Sometimes this journey takes us on moments of doubt, but it's those moments that shape our faith and our focus and anchoredness in Jesus. So as my conversations began with Roger about the possibility of moving 13,000 kilometers to a foreign country, to people or to rugby teams that we don't like, doubt quickly formed part of our journey. I mean, it's not just simply moving a house to somewhere next door. It's pulling up our South African roots and planting it in a new culture and world. At that stage in May last year, we bought a house, so financially it looked impossible for us to even think of immigrating. COVID was obviously making things really interesting, and our visa task was a daunting task because there was you guys were a prison, it was shut, no one could get in. And we were walking around with doubts like, is this gonna happen? Like, for this to happen, there's a lot of things that needs to fall in place. And obviously, with the speedy South African services, we had some extra stress when it came to the documents we needed to, to actually put the process forward. There were many doubt moments for us as a family. God, is this the right thing? Questioning God. Are we making the right decision? We reached the point in our relationship with God where we were like, God, if this is the move we should make, give us a sign. And we quickly realized that there's no time for signs. We couldn't wait for signs. God is challenging us to shift our faith perspective. I resigned at the church, ended off end of November. We were supposed to fly out on the 16th of December. Five canceled flights. I didn't have a job. (laughs) Talk about doubt. God, are we doing the right thing? January came, still didn't have a job, still wasn't in Australia, still didn't have flights. But we, we quickly realized that our faith can't be based on sight. This is a type of faith that makes us more doubtful and nervous and uneasy. We realized that the invitation from God is to just put our faith in Him and not on what's going on around us. And once we made that decision, we were filled with a peace that was truly unexplainable. All the doubts crept away. And people were asking us, are you sure you're making the right decision? And we said, yeah. And once we made that decision of placing our faith in a person instead of being anchored in what's going on around us, faith, our peace were on us that surpassed our whole understanding. The invitation this morning, hearing Jesus' words to Thomas saying, I'm finding you in your doubts, but I've got something more in store. I've got a new faith perspective in store and it's about you anchoring your faith in me and not in what you're seeing. Because in the end, like John ends off this chapter saying, that belief leads to life. The invitation this morning from Jesus to you and me is moving from a place where we're looking for signs that's gonna lead to us us believing and rather moving to a person that's gonna fill us with a hope and a vision for the future. I wanna ask you to just close your eyes for a minute. Just think of your own journey, your own faith journey and maybe the current faith perspective that you've got in the situations that you're dealing with. Maybe things are looking pretty Pretty crazy around you now and impossible, maybe hard to believe, and the invitation this morning from Jesus, saying, I'm encouraging you and I'm meeting you in your doubt or questions. I'm meeting you at this maybe low moment in your life where you're wondering and waiting for signs. I want to shift your focus to me. I want to shift your focus to life and to a new faith perspective. And if that's you this morning, I wanna ask you to just, in your heart, as we're sitting here, eyes closed, just make this decision and maybe in your own words, say to God this morning, God, I wanna believe. I'm not so worried about seeing anymore, I just wanna believe, because I know that, re- that leads to real seeing. Just in your heart and in your own words, let's just give it to God this morning before I pray, because God wants to move some perspectives this morning. Thank you, Father, for the gift of Jesus. Thank you for the gift of grace. Our lives are filled with uncertainty and challenges sometimes, and we often reach a place of wonder and doubt in our faith journey. But thank you that you are a good, good Father. Thank you that you meet us in our uncertainty just like you met Thomas. Father, we pray that you will guide us, and that you will lead us and that you will challenge us in the same way that you challenged Thomas to shift our focus to you, to believe so that we might see. I pray, Holy Spirit, that if there's anyone stuck in their doubt this morning, that you will meet them and that you will journey with them through their doubts. I pray that you will guide us and that you will change us those who are maybe here this morning waiting for a sign, may this be the sign, Jesus' words saying, take the leap of faith and step out, and everything will become clearer. Thank you, God, that we can have this confidence in what we hope for, an assurance of what we do not see, and that all this is found in a person, Jesus Christ. We
0: pray it in His name amen thank you for listening today if you live locally here in the ipswich region we would love to invite you to come and join us in person uh, here at one of our sunday gatherings at Whitehill. Uh, for more information on our services or our ministries head on over to our website at whitehill.church if you're interested also in taking next steps in your relationship with jesus Please also, at our website, hit the connect button and let us know where you're at. We would love to catch up with you either over a coffee or on a phone call to chat with you about where you're at. We hope you've enjoyed watching this message and we pray that God would continue to bless you as you seek to seek Him in your daily life. God bless.